0: Here, there, and everywhere. S A F M one oh seven F M in Gruenstadt. Thank you so much for staying with us. So we spoke um, a few weeks ago to the Ford Foundation, and we were speaking about some of the issues that are really plaguing the sector: how NGOs are being funded, and what's what's the problem with funding black led and run NGOs the stats were really staggering they were quite scary to see just how few are getting the funding that is supposed to come through to them. So they've established a thing called the Black Feminist Fund, and it's launching with a $15 million um, in seed funding from the Ford Foundation, its first global fund focused on significantly uh, increasing funds for black feminist organizations across Africa, Europe and the Americas as well. Hakima Abbas is a co-founder of the Black Feminist Fund. I'm also in conversation with Zmongi Lin who is a founder of uh, and also executive director of ISLA, and as well as uh, being a board member of the newly founded Black Feminist Fund. Thank you both for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, thank you. Hakima, just give us an outline of what exactly the Black Feminist Fund hopes to achieve. Well, as you said, one of the challenges of Black Feminist
1: activism is funding to do the work. And so the very purpose of the Black Feminist Fund is to significantly increase the resources available to Black feminist movements globally because we need strong and resilient Black feminist movements if we want to make the world better. Um, So we also want to connect Black women donors to grassroots Black feminist organizations, groups, and collectives. Mm. Um, as we know, black people are often the most generous as the percentage of our wealth, but there's very few vehicles to provide a pipeline from black donors to black feminist groups, organizations, and networks. So we really want to create the infrastructure that enables us to give from 100 rands to 100,000 rands. Mm. That kind of thing.
0: so Sp- Spong- I'm going to speak to you as, as Executive Director and Founder of ISLA and, and talk to me directly about where the bottlenecks have been in your experience.
2: And I'm bringing it home. Um, if you remember last month, there was a new fund that was launched in South Africa mm-hmm. to respond to gender-based violence. Mm. And so... What the Black Feminist Fund, and in some ways the Fund, um, trying to do is to be a model for the philanthropic center about the kind of solidarity funding that black women uh, in all our diversities deserve. So in the past, what has often been a problem for black women-led organizations has been to access funding and not only women organizations that are led by black women but community-based organizations. In South Africa, for example, we do have a problem of fragmentation in the way in which our Department of Social Development or the process of registering an NGO happens. So there are quite a number of people who provide services to communities that aren't able to access funding because um, they are not able to comply with those requirements that just enable them to do that work. So what stops us being able to access funding is the long proposals the demands. Lots of times that our communities in struggle are too busy struggling to be able to do all of that. Mm. So what this fund is saying is that what if we could apply in our own languages, describe our work the way we know it and be supported in ways that are not specific to one project but just about the belief in our goals. Mm -hmm. So this would be a very different kind of funding mechanism so that we don't just talk about more funding Being made available but we're having a conversation about better funding mm-hmm. because the funding is
0: actually reaching the communities that are responding every day so then the question i have hakima for you is if we have figured out a way in which we can make access to funding easier because that's what it sounds like to me then why not apply this to all the funding that you have for instance with ford foundation well I don't work for the Ford Foundation, yes, I,
1: so I can't speak I, for them. I, <laughs> but, yeah. but I, we totally agree. So our ethos is, is exactly that. For the Black Feminist Fund, we really want to model for others what we think is possible. We want the philanthropic sector to come with us from this journey of making better funding available for black feminists. And as you know, we see it across Africa, across the diaspora, when we see um, communities in struggle, at the forefront we always see black women, Mm -hmm. be it in Sudan or in the U.S. or in Colombia or in Haiti. Um, We see black women mobilizing around the world to demand better, more accountable political systems, to demand an economy that serves everyone and not just the rich. Um, We see black women at the forefront of protecting the earth and the land and territory, And we see black women saying enough is enough to sexual and gender-based violence at home or at work or, or even anywhere. And, of course, we see black women mobilizing during the pandemic. So we, as black feminists ourselves, we believe that when black women win, everyone wins. And we want to create a fund led by black women, for black women, in all of our diversity.
0: And that's, it's actually to my next point, because when we spoke to the Ford Foundation last week, uh, one caller said, you know, it's all good and well, but my goodness, all this focus and attention on black women, I mean, it's so exhausting. And I don't want to respond to that. I'd like both of you to respond to that, in fact. Swangile? Um, I think it's... Black feminists, Black women, um,
2: we have always known, you know, what works. But we haven't had, um, been given given the opportunity to be able to to say that, to show that. And so when we are given the money, I think what we will be able to do is not only to scale up the innovation that we have, but also we will be able to imagine uh, doing things kind of better. I do think that um, we are not going to go past this idea that people feel that um, black women are getting all the attention. And I think this is something that we have seen um, in South Africa and kind of globally, right? The people who have always benefited from inequality, whenever there is anything that's about redressing inequality, they will always feel like they are the big So that's why you would have um, examples like redress discrimination, people who say things like that. And I do think that in order to be able to combat inequality, things or programs like affirmative action should always be seen as measures to combat inequality as opposed to special treatment. Mm -hmm. And for as long as we see these not as core components, because how do you see that there is a group in society that has not been able to benefit? And then you are saying the measures that are helping them to benefit are somehow wrong because of what they are doing, you know, to others. And so I think we have always known this, um, that beneficiaries of inequality um, will not move an inch. And so that is why it becomes important to go back and claim and assert that, yes, this is an important component of achieving, you know, equality. That's what this is about. So there hasn't been a disproportionate You know uh, attention that has been given to black women we have been able to name it we are now trying to put in place measures to address it um if you look at employment equity act in south africa we know that even with all of these um measures that were put in place because when we talked about black people we talked about black people as if they were homogeneous group. And when we talked about women, we talked about women as if they were a homogeneous group. And we refused to say black women. And what happened was women who were not black or the people who were able to advance using those um, programs that were put in place. And in the same time that black people who were not women were also able to advance you know, uh, using those programs in place. So it is important to say that black women are left out in better self-intervention that really address the erasure, the invisibility and the exclusion
0: of black women. I'm going to give you a chance to to respond, but there is a call from Aisha in Uppington. Aisha, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela, and good afternoon to you, please. Thank you for calling, Aisha. I have
2: last year, mm-hmm. submitted a 9 million rand
1: project. We require multi-year funding. Can you assist us with that? Furthermore, I have a registered entity. Mm-hmm. I work with a bushman in the southern Kalahari. I have a registered entity mm-hmm. but it is not an NPO and I don't have the energy to register an NPO. Mm. So, so, I'm not going to do that. Is it possible for me to link with with, uh, uh, a well-known organization that is an NPO and then get funding
0: Aisha, yes? I think we've you've sp- called in before, and I think uh, you know you raised such an important point. What, what does your entity do currently? So, is it is it generating revenue? Is it a business as we speak? It's it, it, it's a business. It's a consultancy, and and it's
1: not generating any revenue because government is erasing but, my
0: trying to erase my existence. Okay, but it was structured <laughs> as a business. Is is that? What- it was meant to be doing it was structured as a business yeah okay so basically Hakima we've heard this before she she has done everything that she needed to do she now needs to apply um, for funding she now is told to uh, register an NPO she's exhausted and 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 do we help someone like Aisha
1: thank you for the question Aisha. thank you for calling in um, Absolutely. I think for us, the importance is, um, how are we investing in the ways in which black women are organizing to make the world better? And how do we do it in the ways that Sibongila talked about earlier, which are low barrier, so that allow people who um, to be able to apply in their own languages, in the ways that they want to describe the work, um, and that they don't have to be registered, in the, and that there are creative solutions to be able to get to those who are doing the most work. Mm-hmm. And we are talking about funding black feminist organizations and groups and networks who are in social movements, who are making drastic change. But as we said, we want to be able to model this for others so that those who fund, let's say, businesses or those who fund entrepreneurship, etc., will be able to follow suit from what the Black Feminist Fund is doing and be able to provide funding to, to others who, who need it.
0: Okay. I shall hope that helps you. Uh, are you still there? Okay, I think we've lost Aisha, but we will definitely give Aisha a call. Um, Hakima, I just want to read an SMS um, that I think was responding to Swongile earlier on. And this particular person, his name is Roy, who says, I'm absolutely shocked and disgusted by your guest that just made a comment about making the world blacker. And I had asked the question that somebody had said last week, you know, why are we having this focus on black women? Why is all this attention directed at black women? And what's your response to that, Akima?
1: My response is that um, is following following from what Tibungile was saying. Black women are often the most marginalized in our different communities around the world. So not just on the continent of Africa, but also in the diaspora. Um, and while we are faced with the multitude and kind of intersecting oppression, um, be it based on class or race or gender, sexuality and others, um, we're also a place where we see the most creativity and innovation coming. And so we're not talking about black feminism as something that is um, at the expense of others but we're talking about supporting black women and black feminists from a place of where, while as we support those that are most oppressed, but also those who have some of the most innovative solutions to make this world better, we believe that that will make society as a whole better Mm -hmm. and the world better. Um, And so we are particularly talking also about black women who are impoverished black women who live in rural areas? Black women who are disabled? Black women who are trans? We're talking about the multiple ways in which black women are fighting back and trying to create a better world for everyone. We
0: we are now at a point where you know the fund is up and running. I cannot imagine, as uh, Mongile, that you're going to be handing out money in as much as it's going to be easier, but you're going to have some some barriers in place. And what are those barriers? Were you able to hear my question?
2: Barriers
0: in, to entry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what what are the what's your criteria for people who want to yeah. apply for the funding?
2: I think um, right now, um, after the launch last week of this fund, um, what is obviously the the hardest thing really is um, trying to make sure that the money gets to those who need to to get it and putting up systems in place. It's something that's going to to take time. So the issues that the fund is going to prioritize, you know, right now, it's basically work that's about community organizing. Um, We are looking at uh, young people um, who are doing work and kind of leading um, the the innovation uh, at community level. We are also, so the, the kind of work, it's probably going to be like uh, that in the beginning that gets funded. But what is important is um, the understanding that this is about being able to drive innovation in the communities where people actually organize. But we know that setting up this team is something that's going to change time. And then some of the investments that we have to make It's really about communicating the development as the fund is set up, so that those who are waiting for change to happen do not get defunded and feel like we are not moving as fast as we can. The most important thing was to get the seed funding that we have received, Mm -hmm. and so that we can begin to put in place the system and really clarify the criteria for eligibility. Right now, we are really talking about the broad aims and Mm -hmm. objectives of this fund.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, ladies, for making the time to talk to us. Bongilin Dashe is a founder and executive director of ISLA, and she's also a board member of the Black Feminist Fund, and Hakima Abbas is co-founder of the Black Feminist Fund as well.